fact, they even left you a note here. Thanks for the F-Shack. Love Dirty Mike and the boys. So basically, today I was thinking what we could talk about is Tom Watson has set up this new group of melts in the Parliamentary Labour Party called the Future Britain Group. Uh, <laughs> and they had their first meeting today. And also, we could start with that Mike Gapes interview. That is a great name. <laughs> it's 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 oh, just gotta stick some patriotism in everything future britain <laughs> yeah it sounds fascist fuck doesn't it yeah it's like one step away from america first really uh-huh. <laughs> when you said oh it's a great name i thought you were referring to mike gates oh uh, i mean that's also a great name <laughs> but we know that but since this future britain stuff is kicking off it would be good to talk about that while it's fresh i guess we should start with the mike gape stuff i guess milk the classic the the original yeah okay opposing the government and opposing the conservatives i'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control they want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices i don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left and of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent are the hard left, what's Chris? well we know who the hard left are the, you know, ascendancy within the, within the labor party who associate with the hard left you just said that we were too right wing the hard left agenda Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 hard Alrighty. Alright, alright. You're listening to Real Politic. I am Jack Frayne Reed, now at Gapesology on Twitter, and I'm joined <laughs> from across the pond by my co-host, Mr. Mr. Yaya Rice. Mr. Yaya Rice. <laughs> Mr. Speaker. Mr. Seamus Milne. I was quite hoping that today we'd be recording a little kind of review of the new Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife, which is a kind of <laughs> the latest masterpiece by the author, Ricky Gervais. I know that's definitely what the fans want, you know? <laughs> yeah, but Yaya didn't get my message about it and was not aware of its existence until I told him a minute ago, so we'll do that another time. So Yeah, <laughs> my bad. Uh, when, <laughs> when I say Yaya didn't know that the show existed, what I actually mean was... Seamus Milne told us in the WhatsApp group to do this episode about something else. So, in accordance (laughs) with the wishes of... The spokesman for the leader of the opposition, Mr. Seamus Milne. Mr. Seamus Milne. We will be discussing some other stuff. Not Ricky Gervais, unfortunately. So today on the agenda, what have we got, Yair? Well, Mr. Mike Gapes, of course. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a milky agenda. Yeah, we've got Mike Gapes coming up for you, you know, the latest. And there's that new Tom Watson group, isn't there? There uh, is, yes, the Future Britain group. Future Britain group. Yeah, uh. they had their, their first meeting tonight, so we'll be talking about them. And yeah, probably more about I bet Mike their Gapes. Their ears are all burning. <laughs> them tonight oh i'm sure everyone's talking about them i mean that is the object of the group it's just to get wankers in the press talking to stir up shit about labor like every new centrist group yeah yeah (laughs) so let's start off with something from a week and a bit ago a little (laughs) i just can't get over the header image (laughs) (laughs) as ever yeah yeah but look check your Check your inbox in a second. Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. There we go. So I've sent you the header image of this very good article from a new statesman. (laughs) 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 It's it's an enormous picture when you're on the page itself. Like, it, it, it literally, it fills the entire page. It's the closest shot of big gapes that you'll ever hope to see. I notice his mouth is wide open. The poster material, you know, like, uh, we've got to start a real cult of personality around this photo, I think. His mouth is quite literally gaping. (laughs) (laughs) You could easily Photoshop a spliff in there, because you know that that after I stuck a massive spliff into Gapes' mouth on Microsoft PowerPoint, into that famous picture of Happy Gapes, what I've noticed is friend of the show, James McEvitt, I now withdraw my condemnation of him from a few episodes ago when he said he was finding Gapes jokes less funny. He, he said that when he was wandering around his campus, I think Lancaster University, in the middle of the night, he looked up in someone's window and he posted photographic evidence of this. But there was the picture that I made of Mike Gapes smiling away with a huge spliff in his mouth. <laughs> It's in someone's window. And then this popped up right to the top of our Twitter timeline the other day, which shows that Twitter's facial recognition software must be insane. (laughs) But somebody posted a picture of them printing off the very same image of Mike Gapes grinning away with a huge spliff in his mouth, and their cat just kind of like playing with it. Just like, what's this then? Is this my new friend? <laughs> ah, excellent. Giving Kitty a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, the article that we've been alluding to was published in the New Statesman. I, of course, got tipped off in advance that it would be published. In fact, it was when my friend was telling me something very dark and personal. My friend who was around my house in real life, which, you know, you can do that with people, meet them in real life. Mad, isn't it? We were hanging out and he was telling me something very dark, very personal. And I got this message. It was word that Mike Gapes had done an interview with the New Statesman and had mentioned us. In fact, he's listened to us. And at this point, my friend spilling his heart out to me, a huge grin just (laughs) (laughs) grew over my face. I started uncontrollably laughing. And then I realised what I was doing and was like, I'm really sorry. (laughs) That was terribly, terribly insensitive of me. And then had to tell him the good news. And so the very next day, I was in town, checked my phone, and this interview had gone live. Exciting. It's an article called, I've been through a divorce, 
I know what divorces are like. Mike gapes on the pain of leaving Labour. <laughs> the Independent Group's foreign affairs spokesperson on why the Iraq war wasn't a mistake, Saudi Arabia, and milk. Milk! Ah, those are some hot takes. So, I read this piece and it turns out that the first five paragraphs are dedicated to the real politic extended comic universe to mill to one of our episodes about him so I've, i think it is therefore our patriotic obligation as devotees of gapesist thought i think we need to read the first five paragraphs of this piece it's important politics it has to be done it well clearly i mean if it wasn't important why would they dedicate a sizable portion of an interview with this major major politician to us clearly we're very important very influential yes (laughs) so anyway it starts by powering off the independent group which i like obviously Few of the independent group's 11 MPs can reasonably claim to be household names. Mike Gapes, the pugnacious member for Ilford South, is no exception. (laughs) Unless, that is, you are a millennial with left-wing politics. An interconnection. And an internet connection, yeah. Oh, have you got the extracts up? Yes, I had to have a look at this myself. (laughs) In which case, the only appropriate reply to the mention of Gapes' name is four letters long. Milk! 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 What I've noticed here is that Patrick Maguire has spelt milk wrong. He's for some reason put an L instead of a W, which I can't really understand. It's a very common mistake. I'm not sure I get it, but yeah. Well, it's not the only mistake in this piece, but we'll get to that. Even before his defection to the independent group, the former chairman of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee... can't believe gate i know select committees are where has been mps go to shrivel up and die but i can't believe gapes was the actual chair of one of them (laughs) his name lived in a bizarre online infamy thanks to a 2017 speech on brexit oh my god They've corrected the next mistake that I was going to mention, but I'll get to that in a second. As the debate on the EU withdrawal bill crept close to midnight, Gapes, an unreconstructed Remainer, gave his colleagues an enthusiastic crash course in the reality of the Irish economy. And And you you have have the milk! He boomed in his inimitable Essex tones, waving his arms illustratively. That is... Taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north, put together in the same factory, and then it is mixed together with whiskey, and it comes out as Baileys. <laughs> well, still, they, they actually have made a mistake there because what he actually says is, and it comes out as milk. But easy enough mistake to make. There was some kind of fake news clip circulated <laughs> who Tom definitely did not source the original video that we made for Milk Gapes video from. 
from. All those who were responsible for this act of deception will live in sin forevermore. But yeah, basically, <laughs> there are actually a couple of mistakes here. Now, the mistake that I noticed before was that they worked from the standard Hansard transcript of the Gape speech, which for some reason changes all the instances of you to we. So... Hmm. Instead of, <laughs> and you have the milk, and you have the milk, it originally said, we have the milk. So they didn't have the and, which I think is very important yep. that the speech just kind of like goes right in with the and you have. And he doesn't say. Gotta start we. with those conjunctions straight away. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, friend of the show, Tom Manning, who is perhaps the most devoted gapesist bar myself. <laughs> He was unimpressed by this mistake, which, to be fair, was the same mistake made in the Daily Mirror's transcript of the Milk speech and also in that published by Labourlist. But I think maybe Red George read the piece and was like, hang on, something is amiss here. Because, yes, it has been now corrected to... And you have the milk! <laughs> but yeah, At least they got there in the end. Yeah, they got there in the end. Tom Manning has done an incredible amount of and you have the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> But Tom was very unimpressed by the elementary mistake made early on in the piece. And he said, And you have the Patrick Maguire taking oodles of banter and taking oodles of vile and putting it together at the New Statesman. And it's mixed with misquotes and it comes out as this interview. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, his initial response was, the fuck is this shit? Butchering it from the first <laughs> word. Pathetic. Possibly George saw these tweets and was alerted to the grievous mistake made by his publication. There are a, co a couple of elements. We're getting really forensic on this shit. But oh, there, yes. are, <laughs> there are a couple of basic mistakes, if my memory serves me well, to paraphrase the Bob Dylan and the band song, This Wheel's on Fire. If your memory serves you well. <laughs> if my memory serves me well, there are a couple of extra mistakes. For instance, he doesn't say that is taken from the cows in the south and the cows in the north. He doesn't say the cows, it's just taken from cows. And there's a second taken. <laughs> that it's that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north. Taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north. Put together in the same factory. And then he says, and then it is mixed together with whiskey. And then it is mixed together with whiskey. And they have butchered the quote, taken out the and then it is, which is very sad, I think. And it comes out as Bailey's, again. It's tragic, tragic. And it comes out as milk. And it comes out as milk. But let, yeah, let's move on. Now, <laughs> uh, now we've gone into extreme depth on what... Rip them a new asshole. Yeah, on what the new statesmen got right and what they got wrong about the milk speech. <laughs> Those 16 seconds have proved infinitely memeable and arguably, ma arguably made a punchline of one of the independent group's most senior parliamentarians. Definitely made a punchline. <laughs> Gates <laughs> takes pride in having fought a rearguard action against the left on social media, <laughs> just as he did in Analog as leader of Labour's student wing in the 1970s, and as a party headquarters apparatchik in the 1980s, brackets, 
He was a devotee of Neil Kinnock, who he has not yet spoken to since defecting. Seen off by Neil Kinnock. Very, very sad. <laughs> Neil Kinnock falling into the sea, drowning. But he views this peculiar digital front in the party's factional war with a gently baffled magnanimity. <laughs> 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 there are some... There are some young men who've got too much time on their hands, <laughs> he said, convulsing with laughter when I met him in Portcullis House's atrium on Thursday. They've got an unhealthy obsession. It's completely mad. Here's a oh my God, yes. Yes, here's a seriously good bit. This is where we know we're having an impact. Well, I've got to say, Gapes' responses on Twitter don't always come across as quote-unquote gently baffled magnanimity. <laughs> like, <laughs> generally, when somebody criticises Gapes on Twitter, he will quote-tweet them, accusing them of being Russian. <laughs> Can the minister confirm that there has been no trust of the Russians? More on that later. <laughs> he confesses to having listened to Real Politic the anarchist-left <laughs> podcast that staged a dramatised reading of a 1990 pamphlet on the Cold War that Gates wrote for the Fabian Society. I do still have a copy on my shelf! I was quite proud of that little pamphlet at the time, he giggles. And they spent half an hour on a podcast <laughs> reading it out in funny voices! It's your funny voice, Mike. Our impressions are very accurate. However much Tom's impression and my impression diverge, they all reach the same ecstatic truth, which is that we're ecstatic whenever you say bizarre shit about milk, cake, etc. <laughs> and you have the stone of oppressive, of oppressive Leninist orthodoxy. Or uh, he's like, Europe is like a house with lots of rooms. And you have the rooms. Yes. And then, unfortunately, they stop talking about us. And, <laughs> and the rest of the interview is just, like, Gapes defending the Iraq war and so on. And defending his, like, all-expensive paid... Wrong side on so many international issues from Russia to Syria to Venezuela. That's a terrible Gapes impression. Can you, can we, can you try that again, please? I, I, I cannot do impressions. <laughs> You've got it's the wrong side on so many international issues from Russia to Syria to Venezuela. <laughs> you got to see. All right, I'm going to coach you. Let's start off with the main word that you need for a Gapes impression. So, milk. Milk. <laughs> You're getting the falsetto element. You've got to have it so that his voice is kind of constant, constantly cracking. He sounds like he's on the verge yeah. of tears. The hard left <laughs> have just broken him to such an extent with their milk <laughs> jokes, etc. But I think you're, where you're going wrong is you're doing him slightly too posh. So now Gates is he's quite well spoken, but he's not posh. He's got that kind of cockney kind of voice that so, is hard for me to do as american well-spoken but not posh british well, uh, you know he enunciates very clearly yes you know yeah mr speaker can the minister confirm that the german milk industry you know can the minister confirm that two years ago they were telling us that the eu's unity would shatter 
we'd be able to pick off individual countries and get a deal and that the German milk industry would change the position of the German government. Every word is very clear, but he's not posh. He's got the kind of, I might guess. vibe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The distinctive, inimitable. I mean, they say inimitable in this article. I frankly think it's quite imitable, but uh, <laughs> clearly not for you. <laughs> well, I mean, with that encouraging teaching strategy on my part there, give it another try. Do your best, Gapes. Milk! Ah, <laughs> uh, and those around him of taking the wrong side on so many international issues from Russia to Syria to Venezuela. <laughs> It's too posh. It's too posh, and you've lost the falsetto aspect Damn it. of it. It just sounds like the way you played the Lib Dem spin doctor, Jollyan, Jollyan, Jollyans. <laughs> Sorry, Jollyan, Jasper, Jollyan, Jollyans in the Real Politic Original Radio Play, Tim Peake's Farron Walk With Me. Mr. Clegg, do you have any idea where Tim is? You were the last one seen with him. Who the fuck are you? This is a private office! I'm Jollyan Jasper Jollyan Jollyans, Director of Communications for Mr. Farron. What about these gimps? This is Tim's top team. Meet Jollyan, Jollyan, Tarkin, Jollyan, and Jasper, plus Jollyan. And how many of you are interns from a gay cure charity? Just Jollyan and Jollyan. <coughs> I meant Jollyan. And as we both know, that took enough coaching as is. That did take quite a lot of coaching, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that's all the good stuff from the Gapes thing. As you were pointing out, Gapes does come out with some horrendously clapped views on foreign policy in that interview. Oh, yeah, I'm just sort of skimming the rest, and it is so much shite. <laughs> <laughs> The other day I, I discovered one of the most joyous things of the last few weeks since the formation of the independent group has been watching the American left discover gapes because they've just got this, this kind of wide-eyed wonderment that there's this guy called Mike Gapes. I mean, to be fair, so have we still, but <laughs> <laughs> there's been this American left Twitter account that just keeps tweeting his name. No content, <laughs> just, just Mike Gapes. Well, I found one called Mike Gapes Fan Account, and somebody had done a tweet like, describe your dream movie in two words or fewer, and they'd gone like, Mike Gapes. Gapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was having a browse of Mike Gapes Fan Account. It does accounts. sound vaguely like it's a porn name. Yeah, right? yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely, that's one of the first things that comes to it's mind. Not even vaguely, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also it's just that Gapes is a great surname, but Mike is such a great first name to sit alongside Gapes. Just like, so casual. Yeah, yeah Mike. <laughs> like, it brings to mind, you know, like Magic Mike. Uh, yes. So, so already you've got not porn, but stripping there. You've got a kind of eroticism <laughs> to it. Or even Dirty Mike and the Boys. From the <laughs> Will Ferrell movie, The Other Guys. Have you seen The Other Guys? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you know Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah, the, the, the homeless guys who have sex in the car. Yeah, yeah, the, the F Shack, <laughs> as they call it. How you fellas doing? We're about to have us a little screw party in this red Prius over here if you want to join us. No, you're not going anywhere near that Prius, okay? Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a bunch of hobos with fingers in each other's pooper 
in a stranger's car with talk radio playing really loud. It's gonna be a nice evening. Well, we're not participating in that. We have no interest. Let me rephrase it. We got a jar of old mustard, and we got a poodle, and we're just gonna get in there, and we're gonna put some D's and some A's. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? How do you know who we are? You left a note in that car. Police shithead. He's a copper. We gotta go. Come on! Hey! Goose it, boys! You're cops! Rub your dicks on the car as you run away! You turned my beautiful Prius into a nightmare! We are gonna have sex in your car! It will happen again! Exactly. So you can just imagine <laughs> Dirty Mike and the boys, you know, doing the round. So it's got this kind of tangible, palpable eroticism to it, which I think... <laughs> just makes it i mean mike gapes i think i've both tweeted this before and said it on the podcast but mike gapes could describe the behavior of the late punk rocker Gigi allen who the drive-by truckers have a song about where it's like Yes, yes. But anyway, friend of the show, Mike Gapes fan account. I think they were doing that American thing where, where they are obsessed with British people talking about fish and chips. So they'd obviously done a search for vintage Gapes tweets about fish and chips and cups of tea, <laughs> etc. But they found one from 2010 where Gapes tweeted, this is one continuous sentence, just got fish and chips, everyone in chip shop wishing me good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's very British. That's very British. Yeah. And uh, I obviously, we retweeted it because it's a great tweet. And uh, AA Drill, Jonathan at DeMario Gun, yeah, replied saying, did at Wes Streeting, the very hungry boy who is the other Ilford MP, write this. And Gapesy was incensed. <laughs> and so he quote tweeted Jonathan. Gapes said, This is bizarre. Seems that some obsessive people with too much time on their hands are now recycling my tweets from nine years ago. (laughs) And then this is the kicker. This is why we replied to this with go off king but he said i've heard of job creation schemes but surely putin has got roads that need repairing in saint petersburg (laughs) (laughs) beautiful obsession with russia yeah yeah that's some classic gently baffled magnanimity for you isn't it yeah it just finds its way everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and of course jacob richardson replied to our go off king comment with and you have the trolls that are taken from farms in the south of St. Petersburg and taken from farms in the north of St. Petersburg put together in the same factory and then it gets mixed together with Putin and it comes out as trolls. Russian trolls. Russian trolls. Tom Manning in the replies there with milk grapes. Red Tim saying Russia. Nicola, the person who printed off the Mike Gates picture for their cat. Sick, sad people, Mike. <laughs> Sarah Sahim says, haha, sick burn, Mike. Riley from Trash Future says, wow, Mike, very cool. <laughs> Hoopsketty replied with a photoshopped version of that awful Jess Phillips puff piece from the Times where she was going on about how she's working class and then everyone sort of went, hang on, she just called me middle class and she's literally not working class. Her mum was chair of an (laughs) NHS trust and then all the journalists are now like, 
people are persecuting Jess Phillips for her working class background. <laughs> it's, it's a standard thing. But anyway, I had no idea what Jess Phillips said on the cover, but the combination of words that she said has now been replaced by milk milk and why mike <laughs> gapes is so not your average mp so yeah just just a kind of good sample of the kind of stuff that makes gapes legendary god there's even more there's so many replies about milk and so on one that i liked on he, the real politics he's a one-man meme machine <laughs> some guy called mark hemingway who's one of those middle-aged blairites who can't work out how to get his entire face into his profile picture <laughs> <laughs> He's written, some people have way too much time on their hands. It's like, yeah, mate, that's literally what Mike said in that tweet. What a, what, what a crap sycophant you are, just exactly repeating back what he said to you. What he didn't even say right? to you. Said to everyone. And not to mention the whole, like, ten seconds it takes to search for a tweet or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I like the way that somebody phrased it in the replies was that Jonathan had literally spent nine years researching the <laughs> fish and chips related tweets of Mike Gapes. <laughs> <laughs> well put, well put. <laughs> so, in other news, the TBs and the GBs are coming together. The TBs and the GBs? Yeah, tuberculosis in Great Britain. No, um. <laughs> That was the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the standard things that those letters mean in that combination. But no. All right, think of it in Labour Party terms. What might the TB, the TB, TB and GB? Tony Blair? Yeah. You got Gordon Brown? Yep. Yay! You'll be surprised to learn, Yair, that the Blairites and the Brownites, after being completely at loggerheads over the whole Corbyn project, really not agreeing on anything, have now come <laughs> together. They've come back together. You, you know, they've found some common ground again, which they definitely well, haven't found for the entire... Some centrists and some millimetre-to-the-left centrists. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> they decided, right, we'll put aside our differences about precisely how many hospitals we should privatise or Middle Eastern <laughs> countries we should raise to the ground. We know as it, the main thing is that we privatise some hospitals and we raise some Middle Eastern countries to the ground. <laughs> how many? It's all about compromise. <laughs> The answer is always somewhere in the middle. The news is that Tom Watson, Labour's errant deputy leader, I mean, what does he do except kind of act as uh, basically like a fucking fifth columnist? Yeah, (laughs) at the top of the party. It's like the most absurd thing, having someone in an actual position of leadership who's just trying to constantly fuck the way the party is perceived in the country. But there he is. (laughs) Inexplicably, he's still in the shadow cabinet. I mean, culture and media, some of the most important things that a Labour government should be trying to reform. Jeremy Corbyn's proposals on media reform and culture policies have been excellent, but not really getting them from the anointed Shadow Culture Secretary, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tom Watson. 
So yeah, Tom Watson is continuing his drastic heel turn, or really just kind of reversion to type, after sort of yeah. playing nice for about a year after the 2017 general election. Now he's back and he's set up something which is called the Future Britain Group. Great. Let's think about the future of Britain and how we should nationalize everything and make sure people aren't homeless. And mm. I, I'm guessing that's totally what it's all about, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I hope your policies for making sure people aren't homeless, you know, don't go too far. We can't be thinking about, you know, eradicating homelessness or anything. Oh, no. Don't, I... don't give them homes or anything. I mean, Labour's housing policy at the moment is completely controlled by... Well, the right of the Labour Party. But what I'm saying is that John Healy just isn't right-wing enough. What we need to do is like, to give it to fucking, I don't know, Lord Adonis or some kind. Like, <laughs> like literally, there's so many so-called moderates in Labour's shadow cabinet. I really, right. as I, just as I was saying about Tom Watson and how the culture and media brief has been completely wasted under him, housing is occupied mm. by someone from his tradition in the party. Health is... Local government is. I mean, local government is one of the most glaring things yeah. about the Labour Party. Blairite councils pushing privatisation, mm. pushing people out of their homes. Defence is obviously the big one. Labour's defence policy is grotesque, beyond a pledge yeah. not to sell weapons to countries that abuse human rights. I mean, it's virtually identical to the Tories and Nia Griffith, even at times, you know, her rhetoric is to the right of the Tories. So yeah. these people are so entitled. They've got plenty of control over over the direction of power and labor what they can't take is not having the final say not having all the control right exactly so tom watson has set up this group called the future britain group which is supposed to bring together social democrats from across the labor party like the only people defending social democracy in labor at the moment are the so-called hard left yeah <laughs> There's scarcely a social democratic bone in most of the so-called defenders of social democracy in this party. So it's just essentially going to be very right-wing ideas that the Labour Party have rejected time and time again. Of course, yeah. So naturally, this meeting of clapped fucking losers, I mean, who calls themselves a Blairite or a Brownite, a TB or a GB in 2019 <laughs> for fuck's sake? I mean, like, sad dead end of cunts that's who you sling them all the fuck out to be honest yeah uh, naturally this meeting the sad joke that it sounds like was a rousing success and had 68 mps there as well as multiple lords including mandelson blunkett all the usual tossers of course and so apparently the meeting was packed and was standing room only now I've heard that they organised it in a very small room. <laughs> right. As with, uh, it's easy to fill a room if it's small enough. <laughs> yeah, as with so many uh, meetings of the Labour right, although to be fair, most of those, like most of the sort of anti-Brexit, Chukarumuna things you see, there's a row of empty chairs like in the front row. <laughs> but Kevin Schofield, who is basically Tom Watson's mouthpiece at Politics Home. Imagine having a mouthpiece at Politics Home. What the fuck is Politics Home? Just like some... <laughs> Some fake Russian site, I think. <laughs> okay, so an estimated 130 in attendance, 70 MPs, 60 peers, including 13 former cabinet members, and the same number of current front benches. Sling them the fuck out, for fuck's sake. If people are going to this... <laughs> yes. Oh, my 
God, like, if, if what the fuck have they... Uh. A bunch of fucking traitors is what they are. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Have they really convinced themselves that this is about pluralism and democracy when Tom Watson has done everything he can to push back against pluralism and democracy in the Labour Party? I mean, it's disgusting to me to think about all the people who've joined the Labour Party feeling inspired by Jeremy Corbyn and at every turn Tom Watson yeah. has tried to suppress that enthusiasm, make them feel the party is not for them. Right? It's totally totally antithetical i don't get it they're supposed to be the faction that's obsessed with elections and winning them and getting into power and yet they're trying to push back but no we're not that popular people (laughs) don't want us what gets me is the way that they take the successes of Corbynism for granted. Right, for ex- exactly. For example, I was saying in our last news bulletin about that interview with David Owen that George Eason did in the New Statesman. And what David Owen said there I thought was quite interesting was that he praised Corbyn a lot. He said that Labour has become a 1945 socialism kind of party again and that Corbyn has managed something that nobody else could which is to sell socialism to the younger generation and then he's just kind of matter-of-factly like oh yeah corbyn should resign (laughs) we we need somebody with less of an association with i think he said marxism and anti-semitism of course i mean if you keep saying it enough we'll associate corbyn with anti-semitism yeah, well, 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 just associate Marxism with anti-Semitism. Yeah. Know? There's been a couple of MPs, Joan Ryan and Siobhan McDonough, both arch-Blairites. Joan Ryan recently defected to the independent group. They've come out and just outright said this stuff about how an anti-capitalist analysis is what leads people towards anti-Semitism. Which is utterly ridiculous, considering how many anti-capitalists have been Semites. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think people are kind of showing their ass with that when they see yeah. Corbyn criticise the capitalist class and then they go, oh, the capitalist class. I suppose you mean, you mean Jews. Jews. It's like, uh, mm. no, 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 you, no, you're anti-Semitic. <laughs> like, yeah, there's dog whistling and then there's dog hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing from David Owen. Of course, I'm not expecting a Labour loyalist line from one of the founding members of the SDP. Like, I don't, (laughs) I, I don't just not expect David Owen to be loyal to Corbyn. I expect him to be incredibly disloyal to the Labour Party in general. But what got me was the way he clearly thought that the way that Corbyn had changed around Labour's political direction of travel and the way that he'd been able to sell socialism to the young were enormous achievements what baffles me is the idea that anyone else could do that the way that in 2015 there was something called corbyn mania which led to this politician let's forget all the other things about corbyn he's a politician that stuff doesn't happen to politicians in the 21st century in britain although well now it does but we thought before then that it doesn't yeah, and, yeah, people were so apolitical and yeah. disaffected. And the Labour Party kind of collectively, well, the powers that be within the Labour Party, not the membership, obviously, who backed Corbyn overwhelmingly, they were just kind of like, well, uh, we, can, uh, we can throw this away. This mania doesn't mean anything. We could never build on this. We could never drum up this into uh, quote-unquote momentum. Of course, that's what Momentum, the organisation, were about, sustaining the excitement of the first Corbyn campaign. Um, But the rest of the Labour Party were just kind of like, ah, no, I'm sure Dan Jarvis will be able to get that level of enthusiasm in a couple of years, and then we'll just scrape by and win an election. It's like, who are they kidding? How, if you have a leader 
who turns Labour, quote-unquote, back into a 1945 socialist party. There are obviously massive critiques of the 1945 Labour government to be made. Yeah, yeah. But let's just take that statement at face value. If you think that that's an impressive achievement which it is, and if you think that getting young people infused about socialism again and about politics in general again is an impressive achievement, which it definitely fucking is, how could you possibly think, oh yeah, someone else could do that? People, and this applies to people on the left, not just David Owen, massively take Corbyn for granted. Massively. Who could do these things? What other figure on the left? John McDonnell, Diane Abbott, could they have done these things? I am a big fan of both. No, I don't think so. Mm. How do people think that Corbyn's flaws are so glaring that all the positives that he has brought to the party can be completely thrown to the wayside? That's what gets me. And so that's why I get the sense that people like Tom Watson would be happy for the Labour Party to lose if they were in charge of it. Right, yeah. Exactly. They claim to be all about electability, but it's about electability of their vision. Exactly. What I think is funny, seeing this line, which literally, so Paul War from Huffington Post tweeted, Peter Mandelson told the meeting this was a coming together of previous factions rather than a new faction. It's a coming together of the TBs and GBs. And then let's get another quote from... Something about that phrase just makes it sound like Team Jacob versus whatever it was in Twilight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I've got to say, I've not seen any of the Twilight films. I was talking more about the fandom, you know? Oh, okay. It pretty much is like a fandom. It's just people, (laughs) depending on how they view themselves, are like, well, I'm more of a Tony person. Well, me? I'm a tough-talking, no-nonsense thug you know i'm like gordon brown like because gordon brown was legendary for just like yelling at people and getting shit done so generally if you're a nasty abusive cunt say for instance ian austin then you'll identify as a brownite but if you consider yourself like a slick pr fucker then you'll identify with old tony but anyway speaking of somebody who identifies with old tony darren jones mp was elected in 2017 He's a Corbyn Wave MP. Inexplicably, his very first interview went on the air and told the radio person that his political hero was Tony Blair. Anyway, Darren (laughs) Jones MP, right little... Darren Jones MP emerges from T. Watson's future Britain meeting. And he says, note the uh, highly original thought here, it is a coming together of TBs and GBs. (laughs) (laughs) They're just all, like, repeating this same (laughs) shitty line as as a fucking mantra. Yeah. (laughs) Who who the fuck who is not a complete dead-end of fucking loser is identifying as either a Tony Blair person or a Gordon Brown person in 2019? Right, it's been about ten years since they were relevant. (laughs) (laughs) He says it is not a party within a party, but rather a group that will develop foreign and domestic policy. Now, that's interesting to me because momentum is generally accused by that part of the party of being a (laughs) party within a party. Momentum doesn't actually have its own policies. Momentum's policies are the policies of the Labour Party, Mm. which, in my opinion, is a bit of a problem because it should function as a vehicle to push Labour policy to the left. But, I mean, if if anything, that kind of shows you how the Labour right are just ruthless where the Labour left try and be 
kind and gentle yeah magnanimous labor left are just like oh well our organization no it's totally subservient to the wider labor party they are everything that they accuse us of being pretty much yeah 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 tom watson's just like no making our own policies fuck labor policy i mean i can't (laughs) wait to see what they want to means test first really exciting stuff Um, probably oxygen (laughs) yeah i reckon one of their big things is going to be labor should drop its pledge to drop hospital car park charges because they're what the yeah richard angel from progress famously had his care not car parks rant where he said no no we need to charge people to park at hospitals because then we can spend more money on care or you could just take the taxes and do that anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you can't take taxes. <laughs> like you've seen the 1997 Labour Party political broadcast that formed the basis of Richard Angel's entire political perspective. No, no, you have. I watched them oh. with you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, I remember watching those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, they're all just like taxes are bad. The Tories raised taxes. <laughs> Last time, the Tories promised to cut taxes. In fact, they've introduced 22 new taxes since 1992. By the way, we're going to pay for the NHS somehow. (laughs) By charging for parking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't that not what the hospital car parks are for? Care not car parks. Care not car parks. (laughs) Reactionary politics. Our job is never done. Yeah, so there's this whole new thing that Tom Watson has set up, the Future Britain Group. Sounds very fascist, doesn't it? It, it does. It, it does sound extremely fascist. I mean, fascism was extremely obsessed with futurism around the turn of the century. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt it will be explicitly futurist, because I don't think these are theory people. I think people in the centre generally are not interested in politics in a kind of intellectual level. They can get interested in it on a wonkish level, and they'll be like, oh, well, if we means test that, then that's actually much more productive for GDP than if you give it to everyone. But they won't get interested on the level of, like, looking at theory or understanding a particular ideology. Yeah. Hence, yeah. <laughs> they don't understand why they have an ideology. Like, no, no, I don't have an ideology. I just, I make up my own mind on things. And also, they can't see that they are fascists. (laughs) (laughs) They all say the same thing, all the journalists, where they all come out with the identical lines about how Corbyn formed ISIS or whatever. They're all just kind of like, (laughs) nobody tells me what to say. And then they just go back to saying exactly the same thing as all their peers. It seems like a really kind of stultifying group thing in the British press. And I think it's pretty similar for the MPs. I mean, Sam Foster who guested on our Brexit episode did a poll, uh, was it Mark Seddon? Uh, oh god, well, one of the guys did a poll which was like are these dickhead commentators actually relevant or something? Um, yeah. And I think they are in as much as they can create a self-perpetuating cycle of people with shit reactionary politics Oh, so, yeah. so the people in the political and media sphere are basically able to reinforce each other's opinions enough to create a professional class of people who hold a material interest in holding those opinions. And that's enough to keep the whole fucking circus going round and round, I think. That's the influence these people have. They give each other the confidence to create a minuscule amount of new nerds 
from that particular yeah. coterie. <laughs> so, so That's I, a I mean, good I, way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, I think these people have a waning influence, but I think unfortunately they do still have some. And that's just because of the kind of... I mean, there's nothing wrong with a good old echo chamber. Like, who wants to be surrounded by shit views all the time? But when your job is actually to investigate politics, you probably should be taking more of an interest in what the left are actually saying. And these people don't. They want to exclude the left at all costs, so our Mm. ideas don't get a fair shake and our people get relentlessly demonised. Yeah, true that, true that. Have you got anything more to say in today's roundup? Uh, well, we got to the two main things. Yeah, Gates News and the fucking shitty Tom Watson thing. God, it's so embarrassing seeing the shit these people are saying. They have such high opinions of themselves. For example, one MP said the meeting gave hope to many backbenchers whose talents are being wasted and it's made many <laughs> feel better about staying in the party. That's already bad news, isn't it? I don't know what these fucking people staying in the party. I mean, it's terrible if there's almost a hundred absolute slugs in the PLP who will not take the tiniest move of British politics to the left. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's what this is about. It's not like Tony Blair has been in government for the past nine years and then Jeremy Corbyn has challenged him within the party. British politics has been moving further and further to the right under Conservative governments. And these people are pushing back against a move to the left from that. Yeah, exactly. That's how far to the right the bar has been set, that they consider to be acceptable centre-left politics. If we try and not just begin to ameliorate some of what the Tories have done, but actually to roll it back in the other direction, they can't tolerate that. But that's the bare minimum of what needs to be done. Exactly. What's the point of an opposition that doesn't oppose? Or what's the point of only short-term opposition? Just opposing this particular bad Tory policy. No, you need to to oppose everything that they stand for and the reforms that you propose. They should be fundamental and irreversible. You know, I was having a discussion Mm. with a mutual on Twitter, Shrieking Tin Man, about the quote in the 1974 Labour manifesto about how Labour were desiring a fundamental and irreversible shift in the balance of wealth and power to working people. Now... I think it's a brilliant quote. Yeah. I agree with the point made that it's not what the Labour government in 1974 did, and indeed they had no interest in implementing any of the more radical stuff in what was frankly a great manifesto. I mean, that's Labour Party democracy for you. Historically speaking, you can get all these great things into the manifesto and then they just won't happen even if you do get into government but i think that's a nice encapsulation of what the difference between the social democracy of the labor right which seeks to just tinker around the edges of capitalism and ameliorate its most barbarous elements and socialism genuinely radical socialism which should be an actual alternative to the barbarism of capitalism which should be about changing society fundamentally and for good and hopefully irreversibly (laughs) yeah exactly i mean the problem with the last government is because they were just tinkerers in fact they were (laughs) they tinkered with capitalism much, much less than previous Labour governments. Um, (laughs) But the Tories were able to roll back so much of the stuff that they did. And frankly, because they didn't challenge 
the fundamentals of conservative ideology. They didn't shake the foundations of the rightward direction that the country Yeah, it's still wholly in. bought into austerity. Yeah, and so when the Tories got in in 2010, they were able pretty much to pick up where John Major left off because Tony Blair had left the Thatcherite state yeah. intact. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think we should be very wary about the so-called exponents of social democracy in the Labour Party at the moment because as far as I can see, you've got this market liberal project set up by people who thought Ed Miliband was too left-wing. And these people have applauded it. They applauded it at their own PLP meeting. They've barely been able to come out in opposition of that. And now they're saying, no, we need to make our Labour Party more like that. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I can't trust these people with social democracy, <laughs> let alone any kind of, uh, you know, actual socialism. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be a fool to. Yeah, Watson described the meeting as a fraternity. I hope that means it was just a kind of frat with all kinds of boorish initiation rituals. <laughs> Do they fuck yeah. pigs? You know what? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I was trying to come up with something funnier there, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's funny enough as it is. The insinuation <laughs> that these people have sex with animals that are not human. <laughs> I'm not going to name any particular names. Is it possible to slander the entire Future Britain group? I personally think that Tom Watson has slandered the entire Future Britain group by calling them the Future Britain group. Here, here. Anyway, yes, the point stands. They fuck animals. Yeah, which I mostly thought of because I recently saw that bar crawl shirt that I had from years ago where I wrote PM fucks pigs on it. Ah, yeah, great. That was incredible banter, wasn't it? Topical stuff. Yeah. I was a huge, <laughs> huge fan of that stuff. Uh, news from across the pond. Uh, did you know that there's a cunt over in your side of the Atlantic called Tom Watson as well? I did not, no. <laughs> oh, he's an absolute wanker. But he says, why does Bernie always say brothers and sisters and not the other way around? It's got him there. Oh, wow. Are you hyped for another two years of Bernie bro... <laughs> banter <laughs> <laughs> oh man the thought of another endless presidential campaign is just daunting politics yeah. in america lasts so long yeah there's this thing of like don't relitigate the 2016 primary on the other hand though i kind of think well the wrong person won so yeah. <laughs> why not relitigate it? Oh no, the liberals are going to get all upset because, you know, <laughs> Bernie doesn't say, well, Hillary Clinton beat me, that's it, I'm retiring from politics. Right. <laughs> good luck to him, that's what I say. Yeah, good luck to getting some actual fucking improvement in this country. Yeah, and I hope that the American Tom Watson can find his own secret lock-drenge wank bunker and stow himself <laughs> away so he doesn't come out with any more terrible tapes. <laughs> Good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, should we call it a day? Yeah, I'll do my research watching that Ricky Gervais thing. Um, yeah, that should be pretty funny doing an episode on that. The fucking self-flagellation that we go through for this podcast. Yeah, sometime. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I'm glad I've already watched yeah. it. I've got it out of the way. As soon as it was on there, I was like, new Gervais? This is my shit. Can't be missing out on that, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good to talk right. to you, and thanks to everyone for listening to Real Politic again. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs> if your memory serves you well, we were going to meet again and wait. So I'm going to